Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages, with parental consent, the Sick Twisted Minds at Sacrificial Pond Productions brings you a new style of horror film, like nothing you've seen before. There are no cops, no investigations. There is no backstory, no follow-up of the victims who are brutally tortured and murdered. Our story isn't about them. Normal terror is about a single dad struggling to make ends meet. His son is his first priority. He goes to work, pays his bills, and is generally a great dad. The twist comes after he puts his son to bed. This is where he releases his stress. Some people do yoga, some hit the gym, some go for runs, some people paint on a canvas. An anonymous source once wrote on an abandoned asylum wall, I never understood people until I took one apart just to see how it worked. If you are rear-ended in traffic, most people's thought runs to anger and their primal instincts of hurting the other party. Sam Neill does not have the ability to stop that primal instinct. Let us take you into the mind of a killer. Normal Terror is a concept from the mind of Sam Mason, who wrote, directed, produced, and is starring in this New Age feature film. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember... I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this station's mask. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting, awesome episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. I have the great JV here who runs all the awesome Scaracons. JV, how's it going? Uh, it's it's going great. I don't know that I am the great JV. I appreciate that <laughs> intro, and thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on, and hey, I'll just start it out. Thanks for letting me come to Scaracon last year as far as bringing my podcast and all that, which was awesome, and being on all those panels I got to be on. Great experience. Loved it, and I cannot wait to do that again. Well, I appreciate your help as well and your involvement. And um, as you know, I enjoy the involvement of the entire podcast community. I think it's an important part of our, our, our market, our community, our industry, if you will. And, uh, you know, anytime I can have involvement from folks like you, I'm, I'm happy to have it. 
<clears throat> oh, and I, I love it because I'm a, I'm for one, I'm a huge horror fan. I love the podcasting, and then I just, I love the con. Like I like how no, not like I love how like the guests you guys get are always so humble, so down to earth, so freaking friendly. Like I mean, you go there, you get their autographs, you talk to them, and they're just like this. Okay, this past con in October, I um hung out with Kincaid. Ken Sagos a whole lot just because he was such <laughs> such a nice guy. I even bought him some fried chicken. How many people could, how many fans can say they bought him some fried chicken? I told him I was gonna do it and I did it and he enjoyed it. But he was just such a really cool guy. Like he took there was a point where uh, I was like I was you know I was talking to him, I was like I'd love to get you on the podcast. And he was like, sure, when? I was like, whenever, you know, whenever. He's like, let's go right, you know, let's go right now. I got about 20 minutes, half hour I can record with you. And he took his time to come over to my table and record with me for a little bit. And that that meant a lot. And not only that, but at one point, um, my brother had just moved out to Colorado last year or the year before. I forgot. Whenever he moved out of there, that's not the important part. But he's a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Like, he's a Freddy fan. That's his number, you know, that's his number one slasher. And <clears throat> at one point, we can't, We went to his table, and my wife asked him, she was like, hey, my brother-in-law, he couldn't make it to the con. You know, he moved out to Denver this year. Is there any way you can call him on his, you know, his break? And he said, sure. So I gave him my phone. He called him and talked to him for about 15 minutes, which was just, my brother was so happy about that. He thanked us so much for stuff. Just like the small things that they do mean so much to us fans. And it's just great you, you can always get these type of people. Well, uh, you know, I'm often asked, how do I select the celebrity guests that will come to Scaricon? And I, there's two criteria that I use. One is obviously they need to be known and, and popular and try to fill a, a desire for fans. You know, I get a list every year from our hardcore fans as to who they want to see. And that, that list is always important to me. However, what's even more important to me is how these celebrities interact with fans. And you just described the type of celebrities that we like to have. I go, I go to a lot of different cons, and I see how the celebrities are working with their fans and if they're a you know head down they sign an autograph they don't even look up they don't shake a hand they don't say a word to the fan who's paying you know 50 60 100 dollars for an autograph that's not necessarily the kind of celebrity i want at scaricon the kind of celebrity i want at scaricon is the kind that you just described the kind that'll go out of their way to make the fan experience one that will not only be awesome but will be remembered forever it'll be the type of thing they go home and tell their friends about and they want to come back the following year to have another uh, experience like that and in many cases i know you know this in many cases um friendships are developed we've got celebrities that come back year after year because they want to like jason lively and felissa rose and i call them scaricon ambassadors because mm -hmm. everywhere they go they talk about scaricon being their best show but they've developed real friendships and you know there's there are dozens of people that come back to scaricon every year because they want to hang out with jason lively again or they want to see felissa again because they've become friends and if i can't deliver that kind of fan experience then i don't really want to do this uh, work anymore because I'm not in it for the meat market. You know, I'm not in it for the cattle call lines of, you know, people just throwing money over a table and not even getting a handshake. It's, that's not worth it to me. I, I, and I appreciate that as a fan because, I mean, I, I don't know how it works behind the scenes as far as just getting the celebrities and all that. But I'm sure if you wanted to, you can get certain names of people who you know that aren't really fan friendly, but are just kind of in it for the dollar. I'm sure you can mm -hmm. do that if you really wanted to, which would maybe draw more um, casual fans that just, you know, okay, they're in this movie. I want to see him because he's in this movie. Right. You know, drawing more of the casual fans, but you're sitting here, you're like, you know what? I have 
hardcore fans that come to this con, hardcore horror fans and hardcore fans that come to this con because of the experience, because of the love and like the respect they get as of as fans with the celebrities that they meet. Back, you know, it's like a back and forth thing. And again, like I said, I really, really appreciate that. And it's it's a, to me, it's just amazing. It really is. Well, I, I appreciate hearing that because that is one of the primary missions of of Scaricon as I set out to create the event is to make it an intimate and a personable uh, fan convention. And I think we've been very successful at doing that. Even though we've grown and we have more attendees, I still think we've been able to deliver that intimacy. And, you know, if we start to lose that focus, I'll be concerned. But so far we haven't. And so far I can't think of, you know, maybe one or two guests over the course of nine years that I've been disappointed with as to how they've interacted with fans. But for the most part, they've all been fantastic. And, um, you know, that's why fans keep coming back, and that's why we keep doing the show. Yeah. You're, again, I can go back to Kincaid, Ken Sagos, like last year at, in October. He would just call me, hey, Aaron, come over here, blah, blah, blah. Come over here and hang out <laughs> with me for a little bit. Just because I was interacting with him, joking with him throughout the whole weekend. Another really nice guest that I met, well, I, this was the second time I met her. Was Amanda Wiss? She's so sweet, so nice, so kind, and yeah. friendly. Like, it's it's kind of awesome. It's and it's kind of crazy in a way of how humble they are. Because if you think about it, you're like, I used to watch these. Well, as far as me, I'm not sure your age, and I'm not gonna say you're old, but I know you're older than me. <laughs> but I mean, as far I'm as older, like, I'm older older than most people. I'll, I'll say that at this point. <laughs> But no, what I'm getting, uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of these people that I've, like, grown up watching these people, like me as a kid watching these horror movies, never thinking I'd get a chance to meet them, let alone the Friday the 13th 7 panel. I got to be on that, and I'm like, this is, not only is it my favorite, it's my favorite slasher, it's my favorite horror franchise, Friday the 13th, and I get to sit up on stage with these people and, and talk with them, and they're just yeah. so cool, so humble, so nice, joking around and all that. I'm like, that's just... You don't think you don't see that happening. As far as me, I don't. I never thought that would happen. Now I'm just like this. I can't wait to do something like that again. That was amazing. Well, it's an immersive experience, and um, you know, I recognize, as do these celebrities recognize, that without the fans, they've got nothing. So, um, the fact they can show some appreciation makes me happy, and I think um, it not only makes the fan happy, but it makes them happy. They really, truly want to be able to show their appreciation to the to their fans. Um, because they recognize they're nothing without them. So I think it's a mutual and a mutually beneficial relationship. Everybody leaves the convention happy, and that's what it's all about. Now, back to the, you know, back to the con at uh, Turning Stone, this last October one, I did notice it was a little smaller than usual. But I wasn't, I mean, it was, and it was my first time, my, my wife's first time going to this con with me. Mm -hmm. And I always mm -hmm. tell her how great it was. And she was like, it's kind of small here. I was like, yeah, this is the wall that we were on the podcast, so I was like, usually this is full of vendors and all that too, but I was like, you know, it's on a tough weekend, but at the same time, I feel like that kind of was a little bit smaller and more intimate than the other ones. Not saying the other ones weren't, but just because it was a little smaller, so you kind of had more room to kind of just rub elbows with other people, and which was cool. And me being there going with my podcast for the very first time, I got, I got to kind of play around a little bit and kind of just experience some things without having to like I'll say, for example, have my table bum rushed. I wish I could have had more at my table, but at the same time, I got to get a little practice, kind of see how it was being behind the table. Now I have that experience, so now I know I'd be ready for, you know, a bigger rush, so to speak, and I got to talk to the 
to the celebrity guest a whole lot more because there wasn't it wasn't too crazy <laughs> around my area. But yeah, which, well, I mean, uh, that's obviously a double-edged sword there. Um, you know, we, we were disappointed that we were put on a weekend that we didn't want to be on. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that was Turning Stone's decision, not ours. We had no choice. And we knew right out of the blocks that that weekend was going to be tough because, uh, you know, a lot of the vendors are already committed or they can't leave their retail stores on Halloween weekend. Uh, a lot of the celebrities are committed or they're double or triple the price to bring in um, on that weekend. And, you know, just you go down the list. A lot of attendees have parties and things they're already committed to. They just, you know, they don't want to leave home on Halloween weekend. So, you know, every there were strikes against us all the way around. But, you know, we decided to move ahead with it instead of not do it because we had considered not doing it last year. Wow. Um, but we decided to go ahead with it. And, you know, as you said, it, it worked out fine. It was much smaller than we're used to, but it was it was still a good con. And I still felt like, you know, the people that that came had a great time and the celebrities did well and got to meet some pretty cool people so you know we moved forward but it, that's really what precipitated us to move the october show to uh, a new facility for this year and uh, we'll be for the foreseeable future in rochester new york instead of uh, the turning stone facility which is uh, between syracuse and utica new york now see that's going to bring me to my next thing i'll say this real quick though the con every single scare con that i've been to and i've been going for the past i want to say six years now maybe seven i really don't remember all of them have been excellent, including this last one. I know it was smaller, but it was still a great time. My wife, her first time going to this con, and she had a really good time, too. She had a great time, too. Good. And then as far as the Rochester move, she's real happy about it because she's from out there. So she And she had, like, you know, her sisters and her family lives out there. <laughs> so she's excited. And actually, if all goes well, her brother-in-law and her sister are going to come to the con. Oh, nice. this year which would be cool and then my brother who i've been going to the con with for i think we went to the con about five times together before he moved he's coming out from colorado to come to the con help with the table obviously get autographs too but come to the con help me with the podcasting and all that too so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time but this well, brings I, oh go ahead yeah, go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm i'm excited about the move to rochester i think um it brings us closer to buffalo there are a lot of great horror fans in the buffalo market mm-hmm. and there'll be, be an hour away it's still very close to syracuse where you know, we started the convention, and Rochester itself has a great convention and horror community. So I think, all in all, it's going to be a great move for us. I, I'm I'm very excited about it. I mean, I got to travel a little bit further, which isn't a huge deal. But again, now, we were just discussing this before we started recording. I, and I'm going to say this for everybody, I would love to have at least one ScareCon every couple of years if you could do it. At least one in Albany. I just think it would be awesome. And as I said earlier, and now this is on record... If you guys can come to Albany, anything I can do to help, I would do my best to help you guys out. Well, I appreciate that. We've actually looked at the Albany market uh, many times as a possible place to hold an event. When we were at Turning Stone in Springfield, Massachusetts, we felt Albany was a bit redundant for us because, you know, both were kind of close. But now that we've moved west for the October show and east for the Massachusetts New England show, um, it's kind of opening that market up. So I would not, I would not rule it out at this point. I'm just saying, you know, if possible, you know, you could throw in a show in the middle or something, the third show, boom. ScareCon is such a great con for people who've never been to ScareCon. If you want a really good experience, and as just as not even going as like a podcaster, not going as a vendor, just going as a fan. I'm saying this because I've I've gone as a fan and a podcaster, just going as a fan, going there. It's such a great, great experience. Go there with the other people that are love horror like you do, 
everybody there is so so friendly so helpful and it's just even the other fans like just standing in line talking to the other fans you make friendships like that and i mean it's it's a great experience it's just it's one of those things where i feel everybody who is a horror fan that can get to a con should experience at least one one time in your life it's one of those things you'll never forget there's always going to be moments where you're just going to be like wow this happened this really happened or <laughs> i really got to meet for me i really got to meet you know the cast of friday the 13th i met a lot of those i've met so many people at these cons and you never think you're going to meet them and then don't skip over the independent horror film people because they do some excellent, excellent, excellent work. And they can also use our backing, too. Because who knows? Maybe one day they'll be the big people there. And you can be like, you know what? Yeah. I bought their very first movie or, you know, that they were in or they directed. And I have this autographed copy of this very first movie that they were in. And now you see them on the big screens, which uh, it's just a, <laughs> it's such a great experience. It's like a kid in a candy store, I guess. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, I, it is, and uh, I will use the word um, social. Uh, ScareCon yes. is meant to be a social event, whether it's the interaction with the celebrities, a uh, one-on-one uh, intimate interaction with them, or it's fan-to-fan, -fan, or it's vendor-to-attendee. It doesn't matter. All those interactions are meant to be friendly and social. I mean, that's why it's like there's such an emphasis on our parties. That's why there's such an emphasis on... Um, you know, hanging out in the hotel uh, bar uh, when the show hours are done, you know, that kind of thing, because that's where the friendships are made. And I'm glad you pointed that out, because that is really, really the core of what uh, Scaricon is about, bringing all these people together to um, enjoy each other. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I need to try to um, one of these cons, maybe there's one come up in Rochester, it all depends on the finances. I need to try to get to this VIP thing. With my brother and my wife, hopefully this hopefully this con we can do it in Rochester because I keep hearing good things about it. Last time I had you on here, I keep you're telling you're telling me it's a really really good time. And this well, year, if I mean if that's happening, we would actually be staying at that where the whole where the con is at. We'd mm -hmm. actually be staying there, so we're not we don't have to worry about you know having a designated driver because we would right. be right in the facility. Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, the VIP party uh, that we have is a bit unique. At least that's what I'm told. I haven't done many other cons VIP parties, but ours has an open bar, live music entertainment. It's a two-hour party, and the celebrities love coming to ours. I've been to many where the celebrities don't even show up, but ours are contracted to come, but I don't even need to contract them to come because they want to be there because it's such a good time. And then, you know, there's nothing like talking to your favorite celebrity after they've had a you know, had a cocktail and they loosen up a little bit, you know, then all yeah. of a you start to have the real conversations with them and you get the, the real selfies and, and, uh, you're, you know, you're hugging and you're shaking hands and that only happens at the Scaricon VIP party. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I'm de I definitely want to check those out too. Cause it just, like I said, again, it sounds like a great time. I can only imagine how fun it could be talking to the celebrities then because of how fun it is talking to them when they're behind their tables and all that. It's just, it's an awesome experience. Yeah, they loosen up a little bit for sure, um, and and they you know they let their hair down a little bit. It's nice. I have a question for you, actually. Now, as far as like, um, say somebody had a fan made film, for example, do you guys do screeners for fan made stuff? We do. Um, you know, we do a lot of screenings. Uh, sadly, you know, there's only so many slots, so we you know, we have to be very judicious in, in what we're going to show, and we try to show the most popular films of the celebrities that we've got at the convention. And that fills up a lot of our screening time. But then what we try to do after that is we add local films 
uh, independent films, some fan films, you know, whatever we can, whatever we have room for, we absolutely enjoy putting into our lineup. It's just a matter of, you know, we've got three screening rooms and, and it fills up kind of quickly, but okay. yeah, I mean, people are always welcome to reach out to me or one of my, um, my assistants and talk about, uh, something that if they want to have it screened and, and we'll take a look at it and see if we can fit it into a schedule. Okay. That sounds good. I'm asking, oh, I'm actually asking for, um, a good friend of mine. He's like a, he's like a, he's a brother to me. His name is Sam and he's doing this movie called normal terror. And I believe it's supposed to be out. It's if everything goes good, it should be ready by October. Like as far as being out and all that, but I don't know if it'll be ready in time for the Rochester con, but it may be something for next year. Yeah. If, well, the October show, well. um, we, we feature the, uh, Scaricon film festival, uh, which is a little more structured. Um, and we still show other things, but, the film festival itself, you know, we have dozens of films we need to show for the film festival component. Okay. And, uh, you know, that takes up a lot of our screening time there. Uh, again, nothing's ruled out. So by all means, submit away. We, we love hearing from people that are working on their own projects and we like helping them where we can. I'm definitely going to let them know that. And any other film people that I talk to, independent film people I talk to, I will definitely let them know that. That's awesome right there. I think I've asked you this on the last Scarecon podcast we did last year, but I'm going to ask you again. So what got you into doing your own con? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably a story that many people will share. I used to go to the conventions myself. I actually went because it was it was a bit of uh, a part of my job. I was working with the TV show Ghost Hunters at the time, and I would travel with the uh, cast members of Ghost Hunters and help them work out their appearances and handle you know help handle them at the shows. But as I was at these shows, I, I recognized two things. One is that they're a blast. And the other thing is that I actually found a place where there are a lot of people that think the same way I do when it comes to horror films. And, you know, I know there are most of us have friends that say, oh, I can't stand horror films or whatever. And you cannot you can't always find people that appreciate horror entertainment right in your neighborhood or your amongst your family or whatever but you go to a horror convention and you've got thousands of people who appreciate the things that you do and like to talk about them and i recognized hey this is a place that i really belong i really like these people i belong here talking to these folks um because we share an interest so fast forward a little bit um i had a uh, i owned a bunch of radio stations in syracuse new york and i decided that you know there's no horror convention in upstate New York at all, so I'm going to start one. And that was nine years ago. I started Scaricon, and it took off right away. Now we've got the two shows, and uh, we are plugging along and having a great time doing it. That's so awesome. That is very, very awesome. And I actually want to give a quick shout-out to a pod, to some podcasters, a podcast that's going to be there. Their names are Joe, Eric, and Todd, three guys at Horror. They're going to be at the New England Con. Yep. Awesome, excellent, excellent podcast. And for those of you, I'm going to have this episode out as soon as possible. Definitely go check their table out. Those guys are awesome. Their podcast is awesome. And we will be working together in the future at some point. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm, one of the things I'm excited about in this particular Scaricon is that we're introducing our podcaster awards. Um, it's the first annual, which means they'll be happening every year. Uh, but as a broadcaster myself... I recognize the evolution of broadcasting moving from, you know, traditional radio broadcasting mm -hmm. to Internet-based broadcasting and podcasting. And I also know that the podcast community, particularly when it comes to the horror uh, entertainment genre, is, is really the life's blood. It's the conduit between information and fan. And there is no better or more intimate way to uh, have a dialogue about the entertainment that we love, that we know is horror. Um, and 
those podcasts and people like you um, need to be recognized for the work they do. And we started by giving podcasters tables at our events, and now we've expanded that to offering these awards. And this is the first one we're doing. We've got six awards we're doing this year. Uh, we'll be expanding that in subsequent years, but we're just excited to be able to recognize and honor the podcast community. That's so awesome. Yeah, I've seen – I'm up for two of them. I don't know nice. if I'll still be eligible for because I won't be able to make this con or not. But <laughs> Yeah, no, um, attendance isn't, isn't required to win. It's encouraged, obviously, but it's, yeah. not, it's not required. <clears throat> but – so is this just going to be at the New England Con every year, or are you not yeah. sure? Okay. No, it'll be at the New England Con each year. We do the film festival at the um, you know the upstate New York convention, okay. the October one, and then we'll be doing the podcast awards in the at the June slash New England show. Awesome. Well, I'll be at I'll be at the next one. I will be at that next one. Cool. cool. <laughs> that's all. Awesome. That's so cool, though. Like, I mean, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> excuse me again as a fan and then as a podcaster now it's like it's cool for us to be like you're saying to be recognized for just us i mean as far as i'll speak for myself me being a podcaster it's just having a bunch of fun talking to other horror fans you know it's just <laughs> talking horror well, movies anything to do with horror we'll just discuss it and have a great time with it joke around and all that and it's cool to be recognized for something like that because it is i mean it is hard work in a sense of I guess getting people, my, the hardest part for me, I guess, would be getting people together and all that and getting stuff out there, but it's fun at the same time, so I don't look at it as, like, work. Well, it's a it's a labor of passion. It's a labor of love. Um, nobody's getting rich doing this. Nobody's, you know, nobody's, um, you know, breaking any, uh, you know, through any barriers. This is done because we love doing it. You love doing it. You love talking about it. And for those who listen uh, frequently it's, it's underappreciated as to how much work goes into it. You know, you said it's not that hard, but it is hard. It's hard to be, you know, be committed to a schedule to do anything every once a week or once a month sure. or whatever it happens to be. It's hard to line up guests for each one of those shows. It's hard to edit it down and, and get it up. I mean, these are all things that, especially if you're doing it, um, you know, frequently and over a long period of time, it requires a real commitment and that commitment comes from a passion for what you're doing not from a monetary gain by any means as we all know oh yeah uh, i'll say this right now for anybody who is in who wants to start up their own podcast whether it be whatever the you know whatever the genre is or whatever don't look into this as a monetary gain do not do that at all because <laughs> if you do you'll be very upset and very disappointed very disappointed yes. <laughs> i'm not saying that it can't happen but it's very rare it takes a hell of a lot more hard work than you really think it does and just don't go into it like that and you won't go i feel like and i mentioned this before actually on the um the podcasting podcasting panel we had at the october con if you're going into this based on money you're not going to be as passionate about it as if you're going into this based on just having a good time laughing talking horror and you'll you'll actually make it further and last longer as a podcaster doing it for passion not for money not for monetary gain because you're just going to lose interest it'd be just like it'd be if you're doing it like that honestly i know you get i know you make money going to work but it'd be like going to work every day not everybody wants to go to work every day because not most people don't have their dream job so it'd be like going to work every day like oh i'm here again and you're not going to be as enthusiastic about it as if you're just doing this just for fun and if you get lucky and you get paid hey cool you get a couple of dollars for doing your hobby for doing something you're passionate about. But other than that, have fun with these things. 
Yeah, and then those couple of dollars might go to offset a fraction of the cost of the equipment that you've bought to make it happen. Um, you know, what I find is that successful podcasters, even when you want to gauge them on a monetary basis, if, if you're going to be successful, it can only work if you're doing it because you love doing it. If, like you said, if you go into this thinking this is going to be a moneymaker for you, you're going to be frustrated and disappointed very, very quickly, and you're not going to do your best work because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, I do this because I love it. It's it's fun. It's, it's so fun. You meet so many people. And who doesn't want to talk about horror? Just talk hours upon hours about horror movies, TV shows, whatever, games, anything. Just, you know, get it all out there. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's why we want to recognize this community because it is, it is a passion-filled community and it's important to us. It really is. And I know I've mentioned this before on previous podcasts, but as far as me being on like a few horror Facebook groups that I'm in and then starting this podcast, you really see how many horror fans are actually out there. Like you don't really see it just from, you know, your little group of friends at home. But once you get onto this, you're just like, there's really a whole lot of horror fans out there and they're real, real passionate about it. Like I'll say this, for example, again, going back to Scarecon, I feel every single con I went to, as far as the people that attended it as fans, I feel like everybody there was a fan. I cannot say that about every single type of con. And nothing against comic cons and stuff like that, because I enjoy those too. But I feel as far as like, you know, if you bring your significant other to those, I feel like at times they're being dragged to those. But as far as a horror con, I feel everybody's there just to, they love it. Everybody's dressing up or wearing some sort of shirt, makeup. They're doing something. And I'm just like, this is just, it's a, it's beautiful. And you don't really, at these cons too, like, you can talk about a, a movie like Jaws. You know, everybody heard about Jaws. You can talk about a movie like Terrifier. Or you can talk about a movie like Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love that right, movie right. with a killer turkey. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're going to find, you can talk to 100 people, and about 25 of those people will like Thanksgiving. <laughs> You can't really say that about... That's one thing I really do love about horror, and I say this all the time, is you can watch, again, let's say a big screen movie or a B-rated, quote-unquote B-rated movie, and you can't really do that with every single genre as far as movies go, because I feel... I mean, I'm not going to say you can't with any other genre. I just feel like you can't, you know, you won't appreciate it as much. Like a horror fan, hey, I can say, hey, listen, there's a movie with a killer tire. Oh, cool, I want to see that. Now, you could say, as a comic book fan, you know, hey, there's a movie about a, a superhero tire. Eh, that sounds kind of stupid. I don't, I don't know if I really <laughs> want to watch that. It, it doesn't have the same, you know, it doesn't have the same thing to it. Yeah. Um, horror fans are willing to accept films with high production values, and they'll like them. And then, then they'll turn around and take fil independent films with low production values, but a clever idea, and they'll love them just as much. And I don't know that there's any other genre that will accept campiness in their films, intentional mm -hmm. campiness, or intentional tongue-in-cheek uh, approach to, to filmmaking. And horror does that. It does that and more. And uh, horror fans are not only forgiving, but they're welcoming of all of those approaches to their craft. And uh, that's what makes it unique. You're absolutely right. I agree with everything you said. It's so, it's so true. And it, you find it kind of funny, though, because you, if you really think about it, you're like, you know... 
for someone who's not a horror fan, like how how good could a movie be about a killer freaking turkey, for example? And I'm like, hey, it's actually hilarious, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or another movie which I actually got at um, Scarecon last year. I bought the DVD, I bought the Blu-ray, and I got a little um, figure from it. it. Was House Shark, hilarious movie, highly recommended. Go buy the Blu-ray if you're a horror fan. You don't have it yet. Got it signed by the. And the cool thing was. When I went there and got it signed, I believe it was one of the producers and one of the actors. I cannot remember, and I'm sorry for that. But I go there and I'm like, "Hey, can you sign this for me?" And like, you really want? Yeah, I really want your sick. Like, I really want you guys to sign this. You had something to do with this movie. I want you guys to sign this. Just like if I were to go to Kane Hot or have him sign a Friday the Thirteenth movie, <laughs> I want you guys to sign this movie. <laughs> yeah, Ron Bonk was the uh, I think yes. writer director of that film. And uh, Ron is actually the guy that runs the Scaricon Film Festival at the October oh, show. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a actually, good guy. He he really he's real cool. I've I've talked to him at the con. I've talked to him. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I actually told him I want to get him on here one of these days, which I'm gonna do. But isn't he's local too? He's from the Syracuse area, right? Yeah, he lives right in Syracuse. Yeah. That that's even better. That's even more awesome to support. You know upstate new york type of thing that's i like it i love it yeah it's good so he does a lot of a lot of work he's he's been in the business a long time how now how long has the um the film festival film film fest been going on we started at these we we kind of did it the first year which would have been 2011 um but it wasn't uh very sophisticated at that point it was really when we moved to turning stone the second year that we launched it in full force so it's been going on that was 2012 it's been what are we uh, so seven years now okay yeah this would be the eighth year <clears throat> oh okay that's cool i gotta start paying more attention to that when i'm out in rochester this year because i i didn't even know <laughs> yeah that's you know, cool we get a lot of great we get a lot of great submissions uh, we've had some really really great films win um we you know judge in a whole bunch of different categories it's uh, it's a nice part of uh, the october scaricon for sure yeah that is and then uh, this the podcast awards thing i'm so disappointed i'm gonna miss it this year i can't wait till next year but i'm really excited about this like <clears throat> win or lose i don't care about that really it'd be awesome to win but just for one just being in the conversation is awesome and then just again like i said just having that for pod for horror podcasters is just amazing and i just i can't wait to be there in person to see how this is actually going to go down like how it you know how it goes yeah, we're excited to to host it, to do it, to deliver it, and uh, we're also really excited about the reaction it's been receiving, and it's only going to get bigger for sure. Oh, I I agree one million percent on that, and <laughs> I, th thank you for that. I should say that. Thank you for that, recognizing us podcasters. Well, like I said, as a broadcaster, I know how much goes into it, and um, I did it as a career, and I know that uh, people who are doing the podcasting. Uh, part of the broadcasting community don't necessarily you know they have day jobs too and for the mm -hmm. most part so I did yeah, we all we all circle back to it's a labor of love and they deserve to be to be uh, recognized and uh june 7th through the 9th in framingham massachusetts we're going to make sure they're recognized that's that's like music to my ears and again anybody who can get to these cons just go to them Go to these cons, and I promise you, you will not regret it. It'll be one of the greatest things you can do. And have some time, spend some money, get some good food, get some stuff signed, buy some cool things. And I'm going to say this again. I say this a lot. If you see a figure there that you really want and you know you can afford it, buy it. 
because I am still kicking myself, and I talked to you about this in October, JV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pamela Voorhees, two or three years ago, I seen her at a con for $90 in the box. The box was a little dinged up, but other than that, perfect. Haven't seen it since. I walked past it, and I'm still like, why? This, yep. <laughs> this past con, I was like, if I see it, I'm getting it. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. And I'm... I'm going to be shooting again for Rochester. I'll just say that. <laughs> so any of you vendors yeah. out there, if you got that Pamela Voorhees figure, bring it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I have people talk about that all the time. I have people at the convention, and they'll come up and they'll say, geez, I really want to get that autograph from, you know, so-and-so, but yeah, it's 40 bucks. I don't, I'm like, listen, you know, when are you going to have this opportunity again? Mm-hmm. Go spend the 40 bucks. If You can make the 40 bucks back. You won't even notice the difference in a month, but you'll have that autograph forever. And, yeah. uh, you know, they end up doing it because I've heard this story so many times. Geez, I really wish I had done that. I don't know why I didn't do it. You know, that kind of thing. And and uh, while you're there, take advantage of it every time. I agree 100%. My whole thing was, I was like, you know, I was like, I have the money, but I wanted to, like, look around and see what else was there in case I wanted a bunch right. of other things. Right. And I did buy those other things. But those other things that I got, I don't even remember what it was because it was a few years back. I feel like I could have probably got those another time. But that... Especially if it's a rare item, people. If it's a rare item and it's a great price and you can afford it, get it. Like, I got one. Um, I got a Blade figure from the Puppet Master movies a couple of years ago. Maybe the year after that con. I seen that. I think it was like seven. I think it was like 80 bucks. I talked to the guy down to about 70. And I was like, you know what? I'm buying this right now because I've been looking for this figure for <laughs> about four or five years. And it's finally at an affordable price. Out of the box, fine. It's in great condition. Got it, and I'm happy I got that one. If I would have walked away from that, I would have been really disappointed in myself. Like, come on, you did this twice now? Yeah, well, if, you, um, if you're if you coming to Scaricon for the first time, uh, you're going to find a lot of vendors that have uh, stuff like that, and you're going to want to be prepared because you said you used the phrase kid in the candy store. Uh, there's no better way to describe what it feels like to be a horror fan walking around the oh. show floor with all those vendors with all that really cool stuff right in front of you you're Mm -hmm. gonna want to take a lot of it home i will i'll say this to you to everybody out there who's going to these cons that extra you know that soda you're about to buy right now put it back (laughs) that pack of cigarettes you're about to put it (laughs) put it down that that extra stuff you know you do not 100 percent need put that money i'm gonna say this because you say people say hey if i put this in a jar you know i can i'll save don't put it in a jar don't put it in the bank Put it in a wine bottle. I say a wine bottle because the only way you're going to get it out of there, <clears throat> excuse me, is if you break it. Therefore, put it in that wine bottle. When the con's coming up, all that money you saved, those hundreds of dollars you saved, you know, put that wine bottle in a, a plastic bag, crack the bottle open, take that money out, and go spend it at that con. Because it's it's one of those things, I promise you, especially for the people who've never been to a con before, you're, you're going to just open your eyes up wide, like, wow. Like, I, I, I want this, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want everything here. And just save. <laughs> I'm doing that yeah. myself right now. I'm saving up for this con in October. Yep, that's exactly how it happens. It's it's uh, You start to drool over the stuff you, you see, and you want to take it all home with you. Yeah, every single time, every single year. And again... Definitely support the indie horror fans as far as, you know, if they're doing books, movies, whatever. Just get, get at least, I say every kind you go to, get at least one and get it signed and just 
you'll they'll greatly appreciate it. You're helping them out a lot, and then they make they actually have really really excellent work for those of you who've never seen like an indie film or check out you know their their projects. They have really excellent work. They don't have the huge budget stuff, but their ideas are well, great. And yeah, just, I think a great a great example of that is um, is what happened with the movie Terrifier. Oh I mean, yes. we've got we've got uh, Damien Leone, the writer director and uh, makeup artist of Terrifier, coming to Scaricon, New England. We've got uh, David Howard Thornton, who played Art the Clown, coming to Scaricon, New England. And we have Catherine Corcoran, who played I think her character's name was Dawn. She's uh, one of the most gruesome kill yes. scenes in the film. Uh, she's coming, but that was a small independent film that happened to be picked up by Netflix and got noticed. Uh, but it's one of the best, I think, indie horror films to come out in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to have those three people who were involved in the film coming to Scarecon. And not only are they coming, but uh, David Howard Thornton is going to get into Art the Clown makeup and do the photo op as Art the Clown. So uh, it's a really unique opportunity. And just like you said, this is a small independent uh, production that turned out to be a great piece of art. All right, JV, now, since you said that, I'm going to have to ask you to get these three lovely people back there in Rochester and have uh, David Howard Thornton. Hopefully he can do that photo op again because I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> and yeah, I'm saying this. I don't know if you remember, but the last time we recorded together, that was one person I requested and he couldn't come because of that's right. He couldn't come because the, the weekend that the con was at in October was the same weekend. He was at a con, I believe, in uh I forgot where he was, but he could. He was. A, he had prior obligations, so that's my big request: is to get them back, makeup and all, because I want his autograph. I got to get him on here too. I talked to him on Facebook here and there, but <clears throat> yeah, I definitely want to meet him. That he's my second favorite slasher. Jason's first, hands down, first. That's never going to be passed. That's my second favorite slasher right now, and this movie just came out two years ago. That says a yeah. lot. Yeah, David David Howard Thornton did a phenomenal job uh, as an actor with Art the Clown because when you meet him, he is nothing like that character. He is the complete <laughs> opposite of that character. He's the nicest, mild-mannered guy you'll ever meet, and uh, he just he just does a phenomenal job with Art the Clown. And um, one of the nice things about uh, what's going to be happening at Scaricon New England is that they'll be doing a panel discussion and. Damien has already told me that the screenplay for Terrifier 2 has already been written, and he's going to release some morsels and talk a little bit about what to expect in Terrifier 2, and that'll happen at Scarecon New England. And I will promise you this as well. I will be talking to them about the October show. We're going to try to make that happen too. Please do. Please do, because that would be, oh, oh my goodness, that would be so amazing. Like, I really want, I want to meet them very, I want to meet a lot of people, but I want to meet them real bad and just... I'd love to talk to them and all that great stuff. Definitely the photo up. Every everything that I can do, I want to. <laughs> Cause that'll be that'll be a really good time. Like I see how I've seen him at other cons as far as like YouTube videos and all that and see how he is with right. the fans and it's just it's amazing. And that's yeah. that's a great example right there. Him is another example of just how what you can expect at Scaricon is these they love it. Like they love their fans. They are they're real passionate about their fans and we're passionate about these movies and what they do for us. All right, so when, when anybody listening, uh, when you come to Scaricon, New England, and you go up to David Howard Thornton's table, have your conversation with him. But before you leave the table, 
ask him to do his impression of Barney Fife from the Andy Griffith show because he does a fantastic impression of Barney Fife, and he loves to do it. I was at dinner with him one night, and uh, the whole time he was in Barney Fife character, and he had me in stitches. I was cracking up the entire time. It was so funny, uh, and he's so good at it. So make sure you ask him at the table to do that. Barney Fife. That's awesome. That's so I've <laughs> if Rochester, I will ask him to do that. I know he does a really good Joker impression. He's good with impressions in general. I know he does a good Joker as well. And that guy, yeah, he's he is good. But what I really liked about what I really loved about Terrifier is the silent slasher, and then like how funny he was without making a sound at all. Like how he he was like a clown. I don't know if a mime and a clown are the same. So I'll say he's like a clown slash mime. Just yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right. In fact, he talks about uh, that pantomime um, style of acting and, and his influences. I've had this conversation with him, mm-hmm. um, and he does it. You're absolutely right. He doesn't say a word the whole film, and uh, he does everything through facial expressions and hand gestures, and it's it, that makes it all the more creepy, especially in that kill scene with Catherine Corcoran, oh, which, goodness. as you know, is the best kill scene in the film. And uh, he, you know, he's, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but during this kill scene he's laughing he's doing doing this laugh that makes it so disturbing um between the the clown face laughter and what he's doing to this girl uh mm-hmm. makes it the most disturbing but yet interesting uh kill scene i've seen in a very very long time you and me both as a matter of fact i will go on the record and say it's Definitely, I won't say it's the best kill because I'd have to watch a bunch of kills again, but it's definitely in my top three kills of all time in these horror yeah. movies. Maybe even yeah. top two. Yeah. I but agree. it was just, it was it was so amazing. And then, like you said, how he had, like, the, the sinister laugh without any sound, the, the body movements in this kill. And then, to top it off, the selfie at the end. That had me yep. in tears. That was hilarious. I'm just like, wow, this, they, they went so, they did so much amazing things with this movie and it was all practical effects, which horror fans, we love, (laughs) we love practical effects. I'm not going to say I hate CGI. I'll say I respect CGI, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing like practical effects. It's just, this is like a, um. With this Terrifier movie, it's like a throwback to the 80s slashers. And what I'm really hoping for, I know there's going to be a second one. I'm hoping this one becomes like the new franchise slasher because we haven't had a franchise slasher in I don't know how long. And I feel like he, just this character would be perfect with David Howard Thornton playing Art the Clown for a few more movies. I would love it. Yeah, I think that's the intention. And I think the key to that, and I don't want to get too much into it, analyzing this film here or the one that's still yet to be made Mm -hmm. um but i think the key is how they develop uh art the clown's backstory because if you've seen if you've seen the first terrifier it ends in a way that you kind of don't expect Mm -hmm. um and it leaves you wondering well what the heck is or who the heck is art the clown because he's not what what you think he is because of what happens so they're going to develop that backstory in the second film and i think how they do that will determine how much longevity this has if they do it right this could be a you know this could be a five or six film series or more um if 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 they don't do it right i don't know i you know i'm not i'm not one to say but um i think that's going to be really important how they develop that i actually have a lot of um i don't want to say i i have a lot of 
I have, well, I have high hopes for the movie for one, but I really think that they can pull it off. Just by the way, yeah, I think so too. I but, think so too. I think I think they've got the goods, definitely. I, yeah, and I was gonna say just because I don't know how much the budget was for the first movie, but I know they said the budget was very low, and from the hit that this movie was with this, you know, with the movie, I feel like their budget can be bigger, and that right there can help them out a lot. And it's just the acting of David Howard Thornton. Everybody did a great job acting. I'm not gonna just say that. But I'm just saying because he's, you know, he's like the main, he's the main character. He's the main guy, Art the Clown. That acting, the body movement, everything he did was just perfect. It was, it was great. And I feel that alone can help them make at least one or two more movies. But again, like you're saying, it depends on what they do with the backstory. They have to have some sort of a backstory. And I was actually just discussing this with my brother the other day. I wouldn't even be mad if they just gave you a piece of the backstory for this one and just right. gave you a, a little bit more for, from each movie right? as to why he is the way he is and, you know, what happened. I don't want to... I did a podcast on that if you want to hear spoilers already, ladies and gentlemen. So you can go back to that. I'm not going to spoil it on this. But, you know, like, why he is the way he is and just what happened. If they can just give you little bits and pieces, little chunks throughout a few, you know, throughout a few movies and, of course, more awesome kills. I don't know how they're going to top that one kill. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, they set the standard pretty high there for all those things. Um, but again, in talking with Damien Leone, I think he's up to the task. I think he's a really talented, young, up and coming filmmaker who's got a bright future. I'm anxious to see Terrifier 2 and I'm anxious to see any other work that he does, because I think he's a shining star in our industry. I I'm with I'm with you one million percent on that. I've been championing this movie for a long time now. and I'm going to keep doing it. And I can't wait for the <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel or sequels. And this is one of those movies where, again, I want it to be a just an amazing franchise, like a nice, fun franchise that you know, like all the like the ones we had from the '80s. We had the you know the Halloween's, the Friday the Thirteenth, Jason, Chucky, all that stuff. Not as silly as Chucky was towards the end, but in general, just a, you have that cult fan base. I hope this is one of those movies that has that cult fan base for the franchise. It certainly has the potential, and I think just the very nature of how many people are talking about it and how popular uh, David is at the conventions is, is an indication of uh, how well this is going to continue to do. Oh, I got a, I got another question for you. Um, did you guys ever find anybody to do your YouTube channel? Um, the, um, oh, you mean, you mean that the, the job posting that we had, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The Scarecon YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've, we did have some applicants. We've actually put that project on hold for a little while just until we get through uh, this Scaricon New England show June 7th through the 9th. Um, you know, obviously we got really busy with that. So once once we get through that, the show uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to revisit this project and, and start, start that process again. Okay. Yeah, because I wanted to know, like, what you guys needed, what you were looking for with that and all that. I don't know if you want to discuss it on here or to talk about that off yeah, the Yeah, no, I really, I really don't want to talk it about on I'm just not prepared to talk about okay. it on here. Not that oh, I'm trying fine. to keep any secrets. I just, I just uh, you know, like I said, that project is kind of put on hold until we get through Scaricon New England. Sounds good. <clears throat> I will get that out of him, though, ladies and gents. I promise that as soon as this other Scaricon's <laughs> over with, when he has the free time. We'll get it out there to everybody. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm saying that I don't know anything about it. I promise you that I don't know anything. Just what I asked him right now. But once everything's set in stone, we'll get it out there. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I, I love Scaricon. Like, I love horror. I love these cons. I have such a great time. And again, I just really appreciate and respect 
the show you guys put on for us. Well, thanks. You know, and I just have to, I want to say something because I don't know how much time we have left here, but um, one of the things I'm really excited about in this uh, this upcoming Scarecon New England in Framingham is the 40th anniversary of Phantasm. I'm not sure if you personally are a Phantasm fan, but it's one of the ones that I saw as a kid that really started my uh, passion for horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got four of the cast members. The only one that's missing is Angus Scrim, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. So we've got uh, the four main cast members, plus the writer-director Don Coscarelli, who's done a lot of other work as well, all attending Scaricon. This may be the only group attendance, maybe the only time all five of them are together this year. And again, it's the 40th anniversary of, of Phantasm, and I think... I think it's the either the 30th or the 25th anniversary of Phantasm 3. Um, so there's a couple of reunions around the Phantasm uh, awesome. universe that'll be happening simultaneously. And, uh, you know, they're doing a group photo op. They're doing a group panel discussion. We're, we're going to screen the film. And um, pr- that's, for me, one of the most exciting things about this upcoming show. That's awesome. <clears throat> I have another, I have a quick question for you. Are you going to be having, um, for these next two cons, I'll ask, as far as the podcast is going, are you going to be having them on panels again? Like the yeah, last we've one? got, yep, we've got a couple of pa- panels uh, scheduled for podcasters, and it's really they're really designed for people who might be interested in starting a podcast, or uh, you know, what podcast it'll give podcasters an opportunity to share information with each other. You know, like you know, what equipment are you using? You know, what what's this? What's the other thing? So yeah, we've got I think two, maybe three panels um, already set up for this show uh, specific to podcasting. That's that's. That's exactly what I wanted to hear because <clears throat> my brother and I, all goes well. October, we'll be at those. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Then you're going to have to be on one of the panels for us. No, I want to. No, I'm saying that's what I meant. I, oh, perfect. We want perfect, to good. be on the panels. He didn't, again, he's out in Colorado, so he didn't even get the experience being on a panel. Oh, and he, okay. I asked him, I was like, hey, if I have to do some panels, would you want to be on there? He said, I'll be a little nervous because I've never been on one. But yes, I was like, trust me, once you get up there, You'll love it. It's all going to go away quick. As far as the nerves go, it's fun. Yeah, once you start talking about something that you enjoy talking about, the nerves disappear pretty quickly. Oh, I'm excited. I'm very excited about this podcast. Or, sorry, well, yeah, that too. But about this con, these cons, these scare cons. <clears throat> Is there anything well, else you wanted to discuss? Well, I just, you know, again, uh, just we've got a really, and I think this is one of our best celebrity guest lineups uh, that we've had in nine years, you know, with uh, Cassandra Peterson coming back, of course, of Elvira, Mm -hmm. Heather Langenkamp from A Nightmare on Elm Street films, Billy Zane, you know, from Demon Knight, Dead Calm, and The Phantom. Um, You know, we've got a couple other folks, uh, Amanda Wiss and Lisa Wilcox from uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street films. We've got the Terrifier folks. We've got the Phantasm folks. We've got Terry Kaiser, who was in front of the 13th part seven, but he's also, you know, better known as Bernie from weekend at Bernie's. He's um, awesome. I think it's, yeah. And we've got Jason lively, Felissa Rose coming, you know, there, there are Scaricon ambassadors. I think this is going to be one of the best, uh, gatherings of celebrity guests that we've ever had. And it's going to turn it into probably one of the best Scaricons it's ever been. So I'm really excited about it. And I encourage everyone to go to Scaricon.com while you can still get online discounts, Grab your admission there. Support the show. Come out. Have a great time with us, and uh, you know, and just be part of what, as you said, is you know, is like kind of like a family event. Everybody's kind of like family when you go to Scaricon, and uh, let's just keep making that family get bigger. I, I'm with you one million percent on that, and just 
go out there, have an amazing time at this New England con, and you'll see me at the Rochester con and all the rest of the scare cons after. I cannot wait. Perfect. That is perfect. And hey, is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap this one up? Or no, I, you know that's pretty much it. If if anybody has any questions about Scaricon, just send an email to info at scaricon.com. But again, everything's on the website, scaricon.com. Schedules there, admissions there, celebrity guest list is there. Um, it's all right there for you. So join us. Great. <clears throat> I guess I'll wrap this one up. Again, thank you so much for coming on again, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you having me on here, and I appreciate being here. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Again, go to Scaricon. There's no excuses. Save, save, save. Go to Scaricon. Have a great time. Meet some awesome celebrities. Tell JV I sent you. And <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'm going to wrap this up, and I'll 